Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey team, oh, it's cool this week. So a few months ago, some of you may remember we had a plan to release a Patreon, like a backstage bonus episode kind of thing. Um, but life lifed and uh, got in the way and we did record a few things for it, but we got so busy that we just didn't have the time to turn our attention to it. But there's a f- couple of things we've recorded that are really cool and um, it feels like a real shame not to put them out there now we do still have a plan to to do that at some point and to have this kind of bonus episode kind of thing going on but it's it's just now it's just not the right time so we're going to release this now for everyone to tune into and uh it's pretty cool it's uh, it's a great story that that ellie's got to tell it involves a famous children's tv character a trip to the hospital and a lot of learning <laughs> and, um, yeah it's it's kind of a really powerful um it, it really demonstrates some of the things that we really believe in and that we talk about a lot on the po- podcast when it comes to self-regulation and the power of uh, yeah connection. And so we're just really excited to put it out there. So um, yeah, the little intro and outro on here, it's it's related to the, uh, to the Patreon, to the extra stuff we will release when the time is right. But for now, you get to just tune into this and get an insight into what that world will be like when it, when it actually happens. I hope you're having an amazing week and I'll uh, I'll see you there with me and Ellie. So here we are. Hello, this is exciting. Yeah. Our, our special little gang of Patreon people. Hey, Hello. special gang. Hello. We've got a real treat about... for you. Oh, so... oh, I was just talking about... <laughs> <laughs> I think we haven't done this before. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to talk about how I, how I just proclaimed them, but let's just, let's just whip it out. And then you were gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I feel I'm, I'm all um, discombobulated because this is like all new and exciting and uh, and stuff like that. And we don't even know uh, where this is sort of going, do we? No, but we do know, we do know that this podcast, we're going to have a, we're going to have a chat about something that's happened to, to you recently. Yes. We're going to talk about, you. we're going to talk about the infamous sticking up the nose incident that happened was it last week seems like a long time ago now oh um my little noah three-year-old noah shoved a toy up her nose the other day and it was a pepper pig tennis racket which is about the size of i think 10 pence piece sort of thankfully not the size of an actual tennis racket no, but in some respects, had she done that, oh, yeah. it would have been easier. Oh, well, well <laughs> it just wouldn't have been a thing. To deal with. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. And so this, oh, goodness me. I, there's, there is a reason why I'm talking about this, not just to tell you what happened. Uh, but there, there's, uh, there is a whole point to this. But essentially, I was getting ready, putting some washing on. Noah was watching something on the television upstairs. Pepper Pig? Possibly. That would, that, would, that would be too good, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. She was watching something, and I yelled up the stairs, are you all right, my little puppet? Yes, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I was like, right, I'm going to take the opportunity to do job number two, and then I'll go back up. And on my way back up, so I wasn't gone long, on my way back up, she, uh, are you all right? 
right, Bubby? She says, yeah, I've got a tennis racket up my nose. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> she said, I've got a tennis racket up my nose. It's right up there. And I was like, no, 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 no. <sighs> oh, God. And I was doing one of those things of like bracing myself before I went in the room for what I was going to see. And uh, I asked her to tip her little head back and looked up a nostril, couldn't see a bloody thing. And I, I had a moment of, is she just saying it? Like, so she's maybe had a poke around up there and then um, she's lost the tennis racket. And she kept going, oh, no, no, it's up there. It's right up there, mummy. And she, she was massively distressed, but she wasn't entirely happy about it. Tipped her head back again, had another good look. Holy hell, there is the Peppa Pig tennis racket. Right, I mean, right up her nose, like right up there. So husband is just on his way back from the school run shout him he says ah there's this thing that we have to do called the mother's kiss which is where you block the other nostril ask the child to open their mouth and then you blow forcefully through their mouth to try and dislodge it and I'm thinking I'm not sure that sounds like a good idea blowing into a child's mouth what's the alternative a and e let's give it a go then tried it it didn't really work the first time but I wasn't really trying second go uh, I managed to move it almost to like the bottom of her nostril I was like yes yes we're on and then she promptly just sniffed it back up again <laughs> sorry <laughs> so I was like oh fucking hell and and then she started getting distressed and she wouldn't let me do it again and so the decision was made we're gonna have to go to A&E and uh, so off we go, off we trot down to A&E, which is a real, really interesting experience now post-COVID. And as we go and check her in at the desk, I did have a proud parenting moment because they asked for her details and then said, oh, um, um, what's her name? So I was spelling out her name and they were like, oh, she's on the system as Baby Crow. So uh, have, 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 you not, have you not been here? And I was like, oh. No, that's good. So three, I've almost got her to three and a half years with no trip to A&E. That, that is a proud parenting moment because the other two were there frequently for various things. So I did have a very small, proud parenting moment. And then we get, you know, into the whole system. And, you know, I shout out to A&E and the NHS generally because they're just fabulous human beings. But what then ensued was a situation where she no I wasn't too keen on people coming anywhere near her nose and yet here I am I've got to try and persuade her to allow me to do what the doctors wanted to do initially was me do this mother's kiss business again and then they would use a pair of um, forceps mini forceps shove that up her nose and pull the thing out and to cut a long story short, she got very distressed and the doctor just shoved it further up her nose. So, and, and hurt her and it just wasn't really. So that's then she's like, right, nobody's coming anywhere near me. Um, doctor goes off, uh, gets a colleague from uh, ear, nose and throat specialist, get him down. He, he might have a different instrument and a different, uh, a different way of doing things. So he comes down. Noah will not let anybody near her at this point because she's quite traumatised from what's gone on already. He says to me, essentially, uh, he has eventually gets to have a look up her nose. And he's like, wow, it's like quite far up there, isn't it? Um, OK, we've got two options. So we can either do another version of the thing that's just been done, 
But what we're going to have to do is swaddle her in a bed sheet, hold her down. And the way that he described it to me was like forcibly hold her down. You won't be able to do it because it'll be too much of a distraction. We'll have to just bring in a team of people. They'll all hold her down. I'll get this instrument um, that, that will go up and then try and pull this thing out. So the way that he described it, I just was not up for that at all. It sounded horrific, absolutely horrific. Option number two is prep her for surgery, sit on the waiting list, and then at some point during the day, she would go down for surgery and have it removed that way. And I was just in like this, I got really upset. But, you know, part of that was, and people are going, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm upset. Like, I'm allowed to be upset. So rather than try and sanitize how I felt about it and not cry, I just let myself cry and put her in front of Peppa Pig or something on the iPad whilst I had my moment. And I think the, doc- the doctor could see I wasn't too keen on the whole holding down business. I said to him, look, can you show me this instrument? Because my, my experience so far of shoving things up her nose to get it out while she's awake it hasn't really worked out very well. So can you show me this instrument? He shows me and I'm like, right, okay. I can envisage that that's got a better chance of going up there, hooking from behind and pulling this thing out. But there was something in me that I really didn't like this idea of her being forcibly held down. So he said, I'm going to give you an hour and then we'll come back and we'll see what your decision is. So in this time I did two things. I phoned the husband to see what he would have to say and I assumed that he would say well just have a held down get the thing up and let, get home get, get home afterwards and actually he didn't he said oh I really don't like the sound of that like she'll she'll have to go into surgery so I was kind of like in this like all thrown all over the place with all of these thoughts going around my head and feeling upset about it all and so what what did I do next found Mr Sam didn't I <laughs> Sam. Oh, Mr. Sam, what's your recollection of the phone call, Mr. Sam? I think you were, I, you were calm, upset. I could tell you were upset. I think you were just trying to do the best you could with what you had, <laughs> which was there's this fucking route. Lot. <laughs> there's this route and there's this route, and uh, I don't know what to fucking do. Um, any. Uh, I don't, you know, any insight? And we, you know, we just had a, we had a chin wag, didn't we really? Yes. Yes. The thing that was nice from that conversation was that you validated where I was at, right? And this isn't nice, but you are okay and she's going to be okay and it, it will all be okay. And the thing that really was kind of standout helpful was that you reminded me of what I'm responsible for. And what that allowed me to do was get some clarity over, you know, like stepping out of the story that I was creating around either of the two options, because neither of them I liked. But I, I was able to focus on what I was responsible for and what might be helpful 
as opposed to just kind of spinning around in how I was feeling about it. And so what that looked like in action was I I sat down with Noah and talked to her about, you know, we because really, she kept saying, I want to go home. And I was like, yeah, I know you want to go home. I do too. We might be here for a long time. And so there's this, there's this option which might be quicker, but the I was trying to explain in kiddie terms what they were going to do. And, and you know, option number two is going into surgery and then mummy can't be there with you. And so with her, oh, by the way, the husband's just started mowing the lawn. So if you can hear the dulcet hum of a lawnmower in the background, that's the oh, a, a, a spring day with the lawn being mowed. Special effects. So good. Special effects department. Um, by the way, people, this is the first time I've heard this bit because, yeah, Ellie, you, I've, we haven't had a chance to to properly catch no we haven't no we haven't we just kind of like skip on to whatever else we're doing don't we so so I sat down with her and and I tried to explain gently what option number one was and and even though and it was interesting because to begin with I was kind of dead against it there was like she's going to be traumatized for the rest of her life she's going to be in therapy because this that that is basically what you said (laughs) yeah like they can't like they're saying she'll be a little bit upset she's going to be like she's going to be traumatized like you know the the whole thing of like somebody being forcibly held down it just was it really didn't sit nicely with me at all and so I talked to her about the the process of what might happen and I tried to engage her in having some agency over it. So I talked to her about me being there and I talked to her about, so the, um, the, the doctor's name was William. And so look, William's got a very special tool and he thinks that he can put this tool up your nose and pull this tennis racket out. And she said to me, will he be gentle? And for me, that was like an opening because up until this point, she was like, nobody was going anywhere near her. Mm. So I said, right, if you, if you, if you want William to be gentle, then I think we should ask him to be very gentle. Should we do that together? And she's like, yeah, sure. So what it led to was when, when he then came back, I, because doctors do this thing, don't they, where they talk to you and they kind of, the child's off over here. And I was like, I don't know, we're doing this together. So I said, William, Noah would like to ask you, when you use your instrument, can you be very gentle? And he's like looking at me like, oh, fuck. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be gentle. And I said, look, Noah, I'm not saying that this isn't going to hurt. This, this might be uncomfortable, but William's going to do his best to be very, very careful and to be as gentle as he can be. And so there was just lots of this going on and, and mummy's going to be right next to you. And what, what you talked to me about when I was getting all stressed out about her being traumatized for the rest of her life, you'd steered me towards like there's certain aspects of this that I'm not going to be able to control, but there are other aspects that I can. And this is what I mean about well, like, what's my responsibility here. So I spent time being really careful about the just trying to make it as like a, a as clean a process as possible to minimize her distress 
and it, and it kind of wasn't helped by the fact they were a bit scatty, right? When they started the process, they were a bit scatty in that nobody really took charge of it. And then it, it all kind of breaks away because Noah's clinging on to me and getting really upset. And he says, oh, well, I'll, you know, we'll go when we'll come back in a bit. And I'm like, no, 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 I've said we're going ahead. So let's go ahead. Like, don't keep going away and coming back because it's just going to prolong it. And somebody said something like, well, uh, we, we need to we need to have her um, with the, what's it called, not the blanket, the sheet right up here, right up by her neck. And I said, yes. And I thought that's what we were doing. Like, I'm not, you've, you've told me I'm not the person to hold her down. You're holding her down. You take responsibility for that bit. So it's kind of this like, right, reconvening, right, let's do it again. And I had to kind of like, you know, put her onto the bed and like, take the the vice-like grip off me wheel around the other side of the bed so that I was by her head at this point they're kind of putting the you know swaddling her up in this in this sheet so I sort of put my head like next to hers so that she could see me and I was saying to her close your eyes close your eyes and I was stroking her head and trying to um just trying to help her regulate through it and and the thing that was really wonderful in that moment, like, because I remember seeing her little eyes looking at me when I said to her, just close your eyes. Like I was talking really calmly and, and she just, she did, she listened to me. So despite like all of this, like horribleness going on, being held down, thing being shoved up her nose, she was, she was connected to me. Like she was, she was listening to me. She was with me and it didn't make it like, I, I, I can never say like how it felt from her perspective she ended up with you know a bleeding nose and like clearly it caused some internal damage to her nose and it was probably over within I don't know 90 seconds or two minutes he did get the thing out the 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 tennis the tennis racket out of her nose and then afterwards there was a need to kind of work through the the stress cycle, like closing the stress cycle. So instead of like gathering all of the things to, you know, all right, we're, we're done now, let's leave. I was like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna sit here and we're gonna talk about what's happened. And I'm gonna sit and color with her for a bit and just allowing that other side of it to, to flow through instead of, like oh thank god we're done let's get out of here and so i just made a bit of space for the aftermath and so i mean it was it was a really it was a really awful thing but i just i really valued being able to speak to you because to have that the clarity around where i was putting my energy and to be able to think about that before bit and then the after bit, because look, I, I wouldn't have wanted her to go to bloody surgery and go under general anesthetic and all of that. And actually we didn't know whether this procedure was going to work, but I felt differently about it because of the conversation that, that we'd had. And then that provided an opening and, and thank God it did work. And we didn't have to you know, use up, a huge amount of resources of the NHS for her to go into surgery and and all the rest of it, but it was the two the two kind of learnings for me out of the other side were that 
this allowing ourselves to move through something and to complete the stress cycle is so important because even afterwards like we went outside and we sat sat in the um it was a little bit sunny sat outside in the fresh air and we were just like just in this lovely space together and so we could talk about what had happened and how she felt about it and I could see her I could just see see her allowing it to move through rather than being resistant to what had happened herself and once she'd kind of fully processed the whole thing it then hit me and so later that day as, as we're driving home like I'm like oh my god and I had this terrible headache and I, I just felt like I was going totally into collapse mode and so I needed to I had things to do when I got home and immediately started going to do those things and then I stopped myself I was like no no no, I need to go and I went and actually just laid down and did some breath work but even then it's still like the next day I was still still feeling the effects of it and so there's this important part of, uh, around noticing what's going on in the body and making space for and allowing and attending to what we need and then the other part of this is related to alcohol is I've, I've been to A&E a few times before with the kids and always the first thing that I'm thinking as I'm walking through the door is when I get back I am going to get so bloody pissed because like, I'm going to need one hell of a drink after this. It's always like the, you know, it's, it's that intense. And I didn't like that, that, that thought didn't cross my mind one bit. There wasn't any moment that I was in there going, oh, I can't do this. Like I'm going to need to have a drink when I get home. But what I did experience was this. It's like, um, you know, having true, being like a true custodian over my own, over my own system, because an experience like that is going to activate you. You are going to have a, a response to it, but to be able to make the right space for it and then attend to what I needed at the time and to, to what Noah needed at the time in the midst of, and then in the aftermath, it it was a very different experience than it would have been a few years ago. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, um, there's two things here that really stand out. The first one is just, just cause it's directly related to what you just said about alcohol is that our bodies are, you know, varying different schools of thought on this, but between, <clears throat> you know, two and three hours a day, they think we can be in kind of like fight or flight arousal without any harm. Like the body's designed to be able to be like that and then come down and it's changing over time. But as science understands more, it's, it's crept up actually. It used to, uh, there's a book called why do, um, why don't zebras get ulcers? Something like that. And it looks at, you know, and it was kind of like the idea of like, so when the guy, I can't remember the guy's name who wrote the book, but the idea was like, he started with, you know, half an hour a day and over time he's crept up. So the interesting thing is that, that process, that that kind of arc that you went through, um, and then the processing, and then the next day, you know, it found its natural rhythm. And uh, but if you go home and drink, then you you don't go through the natural rhythm, and then alcohol activates us, and then we end up, you know, activated. <laughs> so that's that's kind of just a, a light I wanted to shine on that, which I because th I think that's so cool what you said. And the second thing, and perhaps the most lovely thing 
really was, mate, that's just connection. All we did was hang out because I knew in that when we, I'm so, it's so lovely to hear that that's what you got from the call because all I feel like, you know, all it's kind of natural. And this happens to me with my coaching all the time now. Like I, I knew instantly, okay, like I, this, this is not my job to fix this or help. Like I, the idea that I'm going to help you would, would suggest that you, you and Noah don't have what you need in order to tackle this. And of course you do, like mm. you've got everything you need. And uh, I just wanted you to know that. And that's basically just uh, hanging out in connection and letting you know, I think I did remind you a little bit about like, you know, I didn't say it outright, but like, you know, is that true? Is that true? I did want to like, just remind you a little bit. But other than that, it was just hanging out. And I think that's so lovely because I think I said to you before we recorded this, you know, if we'd have had that chat five years ago, it might've been like, like a, like a pep talk, <laughs> like, oh, it's going to be all right. Don't worry. No, it's going to like, it was like, who knows? I don't know. Like this could be tough. Like this is likely to be a difficult thing, but in having that honest connected conversation you got clarity mm. you were able to see things that helped you through that and um like i said to you like it's not i think the thing i said was it's not the situation that is going to decide what happens around this like whether there's some you know the word trauma came up and it's i said there's so many things like you're there to help her regulate there's, there's a really big difference between like you said and I think and I think then you saw like oh yeah okay so like your your wisdom and, and clarity was like yeah I'm not going to rush this like some you know it, it could have been like in out like you said let's just get this done let's get out of this place right um but actually you were calm the whole way through and then so Noah was calm mm -hmm. and then you know she saw like I think we spoke about this in a previous podcast like she learned she was okay because you were okay even though it wasn't easy and it was challenging, you were okay. And so she knew that she was okay. Mm. Um, and then you processed it kind of together as well. And now, I don't know, there's no words for that. She's going to have learned a lot from that because when she's older, she'll just, I think they're experience, experiential learning, that kind of stuff. You just learn how to regulate, don't you? So mm. um, yeah, mm. I'm not sure there's much else to say, but um, I'm so, I'm really, really glad that, uh, that that's what happened. And I'm really glad that Noah doesn't have a tennis racket up her nose anymore. <laughs> no. Or playing with the bloody thing. Well, you know, that's great. That's yeah. a good, hey, that's a good sign though. But you know what? This, so she asked for it back. Yeah. And um, and she was playing with it this morning and I, and I heard her going, um, Pearl, that's my eldest one, Pearl, uh, you can't, you can't play with that. I stuck that up my nose. <laughs> and Pearl's like, I don't really want to play with it. And then Noah's going to me, um, mummy, can we put this little tennis racket somewhere so that Pearl can't play with it? It's the one that I shoved up my nose. I'm like, okay. Um, but the, and I, I really appreciate what, appreciated what you said there, because whilst I wouldn't have thought that and, and people, some of my clients, I think, get frustrated with me when I talk about, like, it's a gift. It's, it's a gift in everything. And at the time, I probably wouldn't have seen there was a gift in it. But, but sure enough, there was a gift in it. And that experience, both uh, for her and, and for me, there, there was something, and, and, I, and I don't think I can even put words to this, but in terms of, like, our connection and working through that and being with each other through that, situation something so so beautiful there and so rich and I feel really grateful to have had that although you know I 
didn't want her to be hurt, obviously, and to have this thing shoved up her nose. But it, it was just, I, I think the, the, the sort of the self-sabotaging part of me is the, the part that makes the phone call wanting somebody else to make the decision, right? So it's almost like wanting Sam to say, well, I think, it, well, yeah, you're right, she's going to get traumatised, so you might as well opt for the uh, general anaesthetic option because then she'll be knocked down and she won't, you know, like that self, quite selfishly, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm asking you to make a decision. Oh, because, because human, you know. Like, yeah, because but... human. But had you, like, let's say you had have done that, let's say you'd have done the well-intended, oh, like, oh, God, yeah, I can't believe this is bloody terrible. Yeah, you don't want it to be, like, held down. You're going to have to um, go for the other option. Well, you know, who, who knows? Like, I'm sure it would have been also fine. But I think I'd have felt really, really different about it. Yeah, I kind of knew. Like, I, I, the one thing I knew when we were having that chat, I think this is more from perhaps the work that we've done. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just occurred to me in the moment. It was like, that was the one thing that just wasn't on the table. It was, it was like, I think basically, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was along the lines of, look, at some point, pal, you are going to make a decision and whatever happens, it's going to be all right. No one's going to be okay. Mm. And um, then we kind of just hung out in that space for a little while because it's like, huh. And do you know what opened, What happened? Another door opened that, how, that wasn't there. So a door opened where your clarity came through and you were like, right, okay, so actually it's not story a versus story b it's whatever i decide to do in whatever way i decide to do it and i take control of what i can and release what i can't and mm. you know as you said like actually some of that was noah learning through you being okay that she's okay to go through something like that and um i don't know i don't think it will you we, like you said can't be quantified put into words but i love what you've said like about being able to see the gift in it and um you know yeah I think it's really cool I think that's a really a really uh lovely story and I, well you know not you know what I mean it's a lovely it's a lovely thing to have come from something that really didn't seem great <laughs> yeah, exactly and you got everyone going to it so so we don't th- stick things up our nose do we or in our ears and like please don't please don't highlight it because there'll be something else in there won't there <laughs> yeah and like I just you know, so we've been, where are we? Oh, I mean, look at this, mate. We said we're going to try and do half an hour. It doesn't happen. We've all been chatting for 35. But just as a final thing is that your your bravery in al- allowing Noah to, you know, be back around that toy and allow her to have her own learning and to see how it plays out like that. Again, she's proving to you that she's okay. Because if she wasn't, she wouldn't want it near her. She wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't want to look at it. And and that's that's a that's a message it's like yeah okay like you made a mistake um you know or you you did something you know I don't know how however you framed it without words you know something didn't go according to how you would like to have gone but that doesn't mean that you can't be around that thing like she's you've trusted her to do that and I think a lot of people might be like well get rid of the toy it's like well there's plenty other small things that are tennis tennis rapid tennis rapid tennis racket size you know it's not like that's going to do anything about it the learning is in uh is in her seeing 
what happened as it happened. And she clearly she has because of how she's been talking to Pearl. Like, that's really cool. That's a really like cool thing for her to say, and for her to then want to like not, you know, like oh, I went through that, but I, you know, I really don't want my siblings to go through that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's cool. That's lovely. Mm. Mm. So there we go. It all ends well, ish. The tale of Pepper the Pig's tennis racket. Tell I wonder what I wonder what Pepper would have to say about it. We'll have to get a press release. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, when she's in therapy in years to come, she won't be talking about the Peppa Pig incident. She'll be talking. Or she'll be laughing about it, and yeah. and remembering the time that you know it will become it becomes one of those things you know that's uh... the legend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely people! There we go. I bet you weren't expecting that, were you? See, yeah. what a you treat! Never, you never what know what treat. you're going to get on this bonus uh, on this bonus stuff. You special people. Um, awesomeness anything else to say before we we leave our listeners to their wonderful day i don't think so just thank you for joining us this is a really special little place and we're super glad to have you along so it's just so interesting to listen back to things that we recorded or or the way that we saw the world even a few months ago and um that was a really interesting conversation. I've recently presented at a summit on post-traumatic growth and um, looking into the, the variables of like, what is it that, that can lead to trauma and, and having discussions around that. So I found listening back to that incredibly interesting and I think it's going to inform some very powerful podcasts going forwards. I've, I've got some ideas um, about some guests I'd love to invite on. So, so hey, if, uh, if there's anyone that you think uh, would be a great guest, you can always email me, you can always reach out, join us in the Facebook group there's 3,000 odd of us in there now which is absolutely amazing and there's loads of love and support and connection in there so you'd be so welcome to come join us right you have a fantastic week and we'll see you next week